0: Welcome to the Sales Hacks Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association.
1: Leanne Hoven smith welcome to the Sales Hacks Show.
0: Well, thank you, Bill, and look forward to having a forthright discussion.
1: <laughs> As do I. And our discussion today, of course, is about account-based selling and uh, the sales funnel. So, uh, big question to start with, what is account-based selling?
0: Well, account-based selling is an approach used by much larger firms where it is a team approach and they attempt to dig deeper into the organization with multiple contacts. You don't end up just with one salesperson focusing on one individual in the firm. You have several salespeople focusing on several individuals. So, that you're going beyond the cubicle in front of you, but you're talking to the cubicle behind the cubicle, so to speak, and the cubicles to either side of the cubicle, but those are other people having those conversations.
1: Who should be using account based selling?
0: Account based selling is used for larger firms where they are talking to larger firms and there's multiple decision makers and multiple relationships that are interconnected. But for the smaller firms, I think they can take some of these tactics and principles and even though they may not have a a team approach to sales, they can still bring these principles, these tactics into their overall sales strategy. For example, if they're using social media, LinkedIn, and the B2B marketplace, what they can start doing then is finding More employees within the same organization on LinkedIn so that they can start using those contacts once they build the relationship as possible in house referrals. Yeah, I know Bill, could be said by Sally, and Sally's talking to Joe, and Joe says, Yeah, I know Bill, and he's pretty cool. And that then allows a greater influence within that organization for the salesperson.
1: Account-based selling, of course, is is a very targeted approach and it, it involves uh, a pretty deep understanding of the, of, of the potential buyer, the potential client. What would be some of the tips that you'd offer in terms of going around and starting to define your ideal customer profile?
0: I'm a firm believer in strategic planning. And for the larger firms, this is something they engage in on a regular basis. Unfortunately, smaller firms Do not engage in strategic planning with the consistency as they should because within your strategic plan, you're going to figure out who your ideal customer is. You're going to figure out the demographics, all those little statistics, gender, income, where it's physically located, all of that. And then you're also going to dive into the psychographics, the why. Why is this person making these decisions? What does this person value? Those are the psychographics. And the psychographics are is critical regardless of if you're doing account-based selling or if you're just doing one-on-one for the small businesses. And this is one of the advantages of understanding account-based selling and really appreciating why you must have a customer profile or several customer profiles because you may have different customers who are buying your solutions for different reasons.
1: Okay. So as part of that, once you've got those initial profiles, and then from that, perhaps different personas within target type organizations, how does one then go about building out their target account list, those people that they're chasing after?
0: I'm a firm believer in relationship building. And I I think once you build a relationship, and wherever that relationship starts, many times it starts with social media, for small businesses, it starts with business to business networking events, And then you just start building that relationship. Listen to that person. That person may not be your best ideal customer. That person may know somebody who is. You know, it's really, they talk about um, nurture marketing. I call it relationship marketing. Um, Peter Drucker said that, you know, when marketing is done well, selling is effortless. And I really believe this is true, regardless of what sales approach you're taking, that it is the key is relationships.
1: Okay, let's let's uh, dive into that a little bit more. Then, in terms of the key performance indicators uh, around account selling, would one of those be? Uh, I don't know how you quantify this. Please explain it to me. Uh, the, the intensity of the relationships that you're able to develop with key stakeholders at another organization, as well as the more tangible KPIs like uh, like sales.
0: Well, I think so. Um, I don't know if it can be quantified however if you have your and i think it's more like i've seen it like a spider web you have the key person who you have the relationship with as you build that relationship you learn of other people in that organization or other people in similar roles in different organizations and you know you can start building those key key metrics it actually end up making a key metric you know just like um the fuel gauge on your dashboard is a key metric. Um, a key metric could be the economy for these small business owners. Um, that could be, you know, what, what's happening locally? Is, is it, you know, are sales going up, are sales going down? So it, it's going to be very specific to that geographic location, I believe. So it's understanding your marketplace. And then working to identify those key metrics. Research suggests um, to earn a sale, it's between four and 12 contacts. That's about 80% of everything I continue to read. So that could be a key metric. How many times have you connected with that person?
1: What about this approach, which is uh, fairly embedded within account-based sales, which is having multiple touch points uh, from both sides, from the selling organization and from the prospective clients. What, what can that look like in terms of how does one, for example, delegate the responsibilities and the touch points for the the team members within the selling organization in that potential? I,
0: I think this is I think this is where technology plays an important part and where you have a customer relationship management system, um, even for the smaller organizations, so that Tom knows what who Harry has spoke to, and it is reviewed. The challenge with uh, many CRM systems is that people don't put the information in. And if, you know, don't put the information in, you don't know what other people are doing. There's also the human nature of, I don't want to share because I don't want someone stepping on my turf. So there has to be some understanding and some acceptance in the organization, especially in smaller ones where sometimes they get very aggressive for their own sales and they don't want and they really don't want to share and they and i think sometimes they this is a very short-sighted perspective that if they were more willing to share and there was you know a very strong value statement supporting the organization they wouldn't be as fearful of sharing
1: can you offer any examples of uh, strategies that you've seen which have decreased the negative competition within within the sales organization?
0: When I was a sales manager and we had independent salespeople and we paid them on commission only, I would have meetings with them and we would talk about who's doing what where and the referrals. And what i encourage them to do, well, if so-and-so can make an entry into this company because our salespeople had different skill sets, and one salesperson was not being successful making that entry through an introduction, would you be willing to compensate him for some her for some of his or her time? If you have the attitude, a dollar more from working with someone is a dollar more that I wouldn't have gotten had I not worked with someone, that works fairly well. You know, because overall the goal is for the company to be successful. And the goal then was to keep the competition out because in the industry that I came from, type valves and fittings, it got very competitive. People were working on very small margins. And so you really didn't want the competition to come in and start cutting ridiculously low margins to begin with. So I think communication is probably essential.
1: And just finally, any any last two or three tips to kind of recap for for salespeople looking to um, maybe go into their first account-based sales role, or perhaps a company looking to hone in and and target uh, key accounts as opposed to having a wider strategy in the
0: past? Regardless of where you are, it's really critical to identify all the stakeholders. And I think sometimes this is an error with the smaller companies, is they think it's just the purchasing agent. And they don't realize maybe the purchasing agent has a very strong relationship with the financial person, and there's discussions that are going on behind closed doors that the salesperson isn't aware of because the salesperson hasn't made an outreach to other people in the organization, and that outreach could just be as simple as saying hello to people as he or she is passing others in the business. I know from my experience, um, we had salespeople always calling on my boss, even sometimes even though I was a purchasing manager, and they ignored me because they thought everything went through him. Little did they know that he would call me in and we would have discussions about, is this a good product to bring in? Is this not a good product to bring? What do we need to do? And it was very telling that when these people would walk by and they were totally clueless as to who all the stakeholders were involved in this buying decision.
1: Okay, Leanne Hogan-Smith, that just leaves me today to say thank you very much for being the guest.
0: Well, thank you for having me, Bill. Thank you for listening to the Sales Hacks Show. Learn more about the training and benefits from the Canadian Professional Sales Association at cpsa.com.